What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, May 27, 2015, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Special guest over the phone today to talk some NBA playoffs, Kyle Draper, my NBA insider for Comcast Sportsnet New England. He is the host of Celtics pregame and postgame live, and I know the Celtics are not in the playoffs right now, uh, but the team that knocked them out of the playoffs is moving on to the NBA Finals. Uh, I spoke with Kyle Draper about the NBA Finals and the potential Cavaliers-Golden State Warriors matchup, and I say potential because Golden State has not clinched yet. They could clinch tonight. They play their game five in the Western Conference Finals against the Houston Rockets. That game in Golden State, I do think Golden State will close it out, uh, but I talked about all of this with Kyle Draper, and I'll play that conversation. He joined me over the phone this morning. I'll play that for you in just a few minutes, uh, but let's open it up here first. And You know, I come in here today, and and the first thing I always do is obviously turn on the computer, get the top headlines of the day. You know, I, I always come in, I always drive in sort of, knowing what I want to talk about, regardless of how good my iced coffee might be. And by the way, I feel like it's a topic I should probably um, bring up right now because, it, and I guess it's an extended rant from, you know, something that I, it's, it's actually, I didn't talk about iced coffees yesterday, but I might as well. I talked about summertime, holiday weekends, and Celtic, and this isn't even a, see, this isn't a Celtic thing, as you can hear my iced coffee uh, jiggling in the background. And I won't throw the, I won't th- throw the company under the bus. Oh, what do you know? There's another hair on my iced coffee. <laughs> what a day I'm having with my iced coffees. Not a good one. You know, you get those days. You get those days where the ladies at Dunkies sometimes, they're just, they're doing their thing. And then maybe I just threw Dunkies under the bus. <laughs> um, they're doing their thing. And they, they really, they, your day sometimes relies on them. I'm not sure they know that. I, I, sometimes I'd like to tell them. You know, what you're putting in that cup is going to make or break my fucking day today. It is. It's going to make or break my day. So this is how my, this is how my days usually begin. I go to Dunkies. Uh, I get nice coffee. Here's the problem I have. And look, I'm diehard Dunkies. I am. Like, they don't pay me to say that. They probably should. But they don't. They don't even give me gift cards or, get, or, or discounts, coupons. I mean, I would probably never use a coupon anyways if I was given one, but whatever. Um, you know, I'm a season ticket holder for Dunkin' Donuts. Season ticket holder. But I'll say this. I get a regular iced coffee. Iced coffee, regular. Same size, medium iced coffee, regular. Same size. Same same cup, same, it should be, same ingredients. So, I'll say this, I've never had, I, I, it's never tasted the same, always been pretty good, but it's never tasted the same. I don't, I'm just trying to figure out the ingredients, I'm curious. This isn't a knock on them, this is, this is just my curiosity playing in. So today, I get one, and I'm thinking, uh... You know, what's going on? Why, why doesn't it ever... I get that same thing. Iced coffee, regular. What, what are the ingredients going in? Does, see, here's the problem. I think everybody thinks that regular is 
they, they, everybody's regular is different. And what I became curious of this morning, just something I was thinking of, you know, whatever's going through my, my head in the mornings, is what I was thinking of is, is there a regular iced coffee protocol? Like, when I order an, a regular iced coffee, what's, what are the ingredients for that? Like, what, is, what are they putting in? So I get an iced coffee. Um, you know, what a, the first one had a, had a hair in it. I couldn't drink it. <laughs> Pete knows he's with me. I, I couldn't drink it. I had, to, I had to get rid of it. I had to go get another one. So I go get another one, and, you know, things happen for a reason, right? So I, I go, I order a medium iced coffee, regular, and I, I say, and, you know, they, so the guy writes, you know, they take the pen and they write something on the cup and they hand it off to someone else. So I'm thinking, I'm like, should I ask, should I ask, should I ask? I go, excuse me. Hey, what's up, man? What, what did you just, what you just write in that cup? What, what are the ingredients for what I just said? What, what do you put in? He goes, oh, three cream, three sugars. I go, no, 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 no. I want two cream, two sugars. That's my idea of a regular iced coffee. Two cream, two sugars, right? Isn't it? I mean, <laughs> so he, he gives him the, he, he takes the cup back. He puts two cream, two sugars. My cup of coffee right there. Two cream, two sugars. I'm no longer asking regular. Not that it was bad. Again, I'm a season ticket holder. I love it. But there was always a little different taste in every single one. And I'm wondering, kind of wondering why. And I I think that everybody has a different regular in their mind. Ah, I got to the bottom of that one. I got to the bottom of that one today. That's how my day begins. Um, all right, wrapping up the show. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Kyle Draper will join me in just a few minutes. He already joined me. I'll play the conversation for you. Then when I get in and I'm drinking my iced coffee, uh, which is delicious, by the way, now that I finally know my own specific ingredients. So you got to find that out, though. you gotta, you got you to gotta know what you like. The problem was I liked what I didn't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I needed to know. Uh, sorry. This is, it's just, this is what happens on the Danny Picard Show. Uh, Pete, you have no, Pete has my producer has no knowledge of what I'm talking about because he doesn't drink coffee. He's a fucking lunatic. If you don't drink coffee, one, I don't trust you. It's like when you don't wear batting gloves in Major League Baseball. There's something. Uh, there's something going on there. Don't you get that everybody does it? If everybody's doing it, why don't you do it? Have you never tasted coffee in your life, Pete? No, I've tasted it. I just don't like it. You just don't like it? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't taste good to me. I mean, I think at first and I don't like cheese. <laughs> But you'll eat a cheese pizza. I'll eat a which cheese is pizza, yeah. Fucking mind boggling. <laughs> if you, so you eat a cheese pizza, but I don't get I don't how can I'm you not goalie. like cheese? I'm a goalie. Goalies are weird, right? I'm you a are goalie. a goalie. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. I'm not a goalie. Let's, let's leave it at that. I'm a winger slash cinnamon. I'm I'm I just did twenty minutes on iced coffee. <laughs> and the ingredients that go along with it. Uh it tell you what, it's better than me doing twenty minutes on FIFA. Because that's what everyone's talking about now. FIFA, nine FIFA executives, five corporate executives, indicted. Um, charges include racketeering, conspiracy, and corruption. Is this really developing news? Okay, hey, guess who's on this one? Guess who's on this story? Bob Lee. Oh, he loves it. Lo- Bob Lee loves it. Absolutely loves the these stories. Uh, 
because I told you where they film outside the lines is on another get in another galaxy. But Bob Lee loves these stories. I can't get into FIFA. You know why? I opened the story up. It's like this big breaking news story. And I read the first paragraph, and I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? It obviously has something to do with the World Cups. And, you know, there's, um, the case involves bribes totaling more than $100 million linked to commercial deals dating back to the 90s for football tournaments in the U.S. and Latin America. That's a statement from Swiss Federal Office of Justice. Um, so you look at the World Cups 2018, 2022, whatever. Uh, good. I, 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 honestly, I read the first paragraph. I go, why am I reading this? Next, we got anything else today? We, we got any other stories? Oh, we had NBA playoffs and Stanley Cup playoffs last night. As I mentioned, the Cavaliers sweep. Waiting to see what happens with Warriors-Rockets tonight. Um, and then Stanley Cup playoffs. The Rangers beat the Lightning 7-3 to in Game 6. They force a Game 7 back at Madison Square Garden. So I got that pick right. I told you to take the Rangers, and I told you that they would uh, beat the Lightning by at least three. And that's exactly what they did. Derek Brassad with a hat trick. His hat trick made him the second player in Rangers franchise history. To record a hat-trick in a game six, Mark Messier had a hat-trick in the same round and the same situation, Eastern Conference Finals, down three games to two, game six on the road, in 1994 against the New Jersey Devils. You know what happened then. The Rangers went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. And oh, by the way, Brian Noonan was the one to score the cup-clinching goal in the Stanley Cup Final against Vancouver, but that may be for another time. You know I've already... Go look at the video. It's out there. In fact, there are certain places they've taken that video down since I've linked it. And I think that's all Messier. I'm dead serious. That's all Messier. I bet you he sees that shit. He don't want that out there. Get that video off. He didn't score the game cup clinching goal. Brian Noonan did. From South Boston. Brian Noonan. But uh, I'm going to fight that battle till my time is done. Okay? And people are going to know about that. Messier is not. Messier might send a, a hitman out on me if he wants to prevent me from one day pointing that out. Well, I already do point it out to the world. You listen to this show on the World Wide Web, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on uh, where else? Tune in. Anywhere can listen to this show. So, you know, I, I'm going to keep fighting that battle. But anyways, that's what happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. You got Chicago trying to stay alive. In Chicago, I think they will. Madhouse on Madison, they'll force a game 7-2. That's my prediction there. And then Golden State, I predict Golden State to close it out in five games in Golden State against the Houston Rockets, which will set us up for a Cleveland Cavaliers-Golden State Warriors NBA Final. And uh, how about the Cavaliers? It's interesting. You know, LeBron James has taken this team on his back. Kyrie Irving returned last night, but he's been injured with an injury. They lost Kevin Love. Um, you know, I, LeBron James, and they're going to throw the comparison. You know, they're going to say, oh, Jordan, this, that, the other thing. Look, LeBron James is doing some things right now that, you know, I, I wouldn't put my money against. So if it is Warriors, Cavs, which I 
I would put my money on that being because I put my money on Golden State winning tonight. And if they don't win tonight, they'll win game six or game seven, possibly. Golden State will win, I think. It'll be Warriors, Cavaliers. But whoever it is in the finals, and I don't even care if Kyrie Irving goes down again with an injury. There is no way you would ever see me put money against LeBron James in that series. There's no way. I would never do it. It's a bad bet. That is as bad. You could hate LeBron James as much as anyone in the world. That is as bad a bet that you could ever make betting against LeBron James in the NBA Finals. I'm sorry. Don't do it. Uh, Don't do it. Don't overlook Tristan Thompson and the impact he has had down in the paint, uh, on the boards. I I just think that LeBron right now has taken a team on his back that is bought in. Uh, that I don't care who the coach is. I mean, the coach could be fired the night they win the championship. LeBron James is the GM, the coach, and the superstar player, and he's somebody that, I'm sorry, I can't put my money against. Uh, I Believe me, I'd love to see Steph Curry and the Warriors go on and win a championship because I've told you all season long how big a fan I have become of the Golden State Warriors, not just because of the Splash Brothers, because they have some other pieces there that make them a deep, exciting team. Uh, I, I like the coach. I like everything about Golden State. Uh, and and Steph Curry, I told you the first you know weeks of the season, you start watching Golden State, they put almost all of their games on what? On ESPN or TNT. I don't care if it's a Tuesday night, that game's on national TV. If it's not on those channels, they're going to put it on M- NBA TV because they know you're going to watch. You should watch. Steph Curry is must-see TV. And I'd love to see him go on and take this Warriors team and win a championship. I'd love to see it. I'd prefer him to win. But I would never put my money on it if LeBron James is on the other side. I just I can't do it. I just can't do it. So, uh, we'll, I, I talked more about the NBA playoffs with Kyle Draper, Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, but before I uh, kick it to that, there is a Deflategate update. Oh, we got a Deflategate update. Wow. So uh, I, I say wow, but I'm being sarcastic. There's going to be a Deflategate update the rest every day the rest of our lives, you know. Um, here's the deal. I told you on yesterday's podcast, because people are now, here's what, the, here's what Deflategate has now turned into. It's turned into, when is Tom Brady going to speak? Like, when are we going to hear from Tom Brady? And because people want Brady's reaction to the Wells report. Um, my opinion is that Tom Brady doesn't have to come out and speak. He doesn't. He gave a press conference before the Super Bowl. And he answered a lot of stupid questions. Um, now I get that the Wells report wasn't out. It wasn't. But to me, Tom Brady answered the questions in the Super Bowl. When he used the football that was regulated by the league, that was controlled by the league, and he led a fourth quarter comeback to a Super Bowl championship. Um, that was his answer. That was his Deflategate final press conference. He talked to Jim Gray at uh, Salem State, and he said he wouldn't answer then. He's obviously lawyered up, and they're going to fight this suspension. 
And people say, well, he needs to talk. And I guess I have to ask why. Because anything that he now says, he first of all, anything that he says can be used against him in any type of appeal. And you don't know the questions that are coming in. You don't know how someone's going to word a question or try to take something out of context. And if you think not that couldn't happen, then you haven't been paying attention to deflategate. When we say taken out of context, we had to read a 243-page report that was taken out of context. So that's why the Patriots had to, (laughs) their rebuttal was called the Wells Report in context. So if we're having context issues, the last thing Tom Brady needs to do is hold a press conference. Even more so, the last thing Brady needs to do is hold a press conference at his charity event this weekend. I told you yesterday, Tom Brady is not going to talk at this charity event about the Flakegate. He's not. It would be stupid. It would be stupid for him to talk about it at all. This is going to be settled in an appeals hearing. I think he's lawyered up because I think that's a major threat. I think being lawyered up's a threat. I think, I think there's a chance he gets cut down to zero, mainly in part because not of just that threat, but also because I think there's some type of deal between Kraft and Goodell. You know how I feel about that. You know I still think there is. Um, but they just let they let this appeal process play out. I think Goodell, Kraft, talk. I think there's going to be something here. I do think there's some type of deal. But, um, the the idea that Brady's going to talk at his best buddy's charity event this weekend about Deflategate, it's not going to happen. It's just not. There's no need for him to do that. Now. Here's the report from Mike Giotti, Comcast Sportsnet New England. He says, was told by a source that Tom Brady will not do his usual Q&A with the media at his best buddy's event at Harvard Stadium Friday. So not only is he not going to answer the flake questions, he's not going to talk to the media at all. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. In fact, it it, it, it would look worse if he stood there with the media, and he said, oh, I still can't react to it, guys, because he already did that with Jim Gray at Salem State. He already did that with Jim Gray at Salem State. So Brady, what he should do is just not talk at all. Um, and, you know, someday people are going to want answers, but if you're Tom Brady, you say, well, here's the answer. Um, what happened happened. The suspension came down. <laughs> I've moved on to whatever week or game it is. And really, to me, the answer that everybody should have is that ultimately this thing comes down to Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, played a Super Bowl game with regulation footballs. Isn't that the answer to everybody's questions? When they say, Tom, did you cheat? Tom, are you a cheater? Tom, can you win without cheating? I mean... That stuff's going to happen. Um, and then we'll let this season play itself out. But to Brady sitting there answering questions and re- and people, reporters like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, you know, the hard-hitting journalists of the world, they're gonna, they, have, they don't know what they're talking about because this is such a non-issue. And Brady shouldn't talk about it. He shouldn't. And, and you know what? People say, well, you're, you know, you love Brady, you're a Patriots homer. I would be saying this about any quarterback for any team in any city because this is the dumbest story of all time. 
This is stupid. This is stupid. It makes, it, it just, you know, we, when people are now calling out for Brady to talk. You know, I, I think I saw Chris Gaspar say this. He said, of the Boston Globe, he was in studio last week. I heard him say this. He said, just because Brady doesn't speak, that doesn't mean he's guilty. You can't just assume that. This is a process in which anything that you say now publicly can and will be used against you. I won't say in a court of law because it hasn't got there yet, but it can be used against you in any in a, any appeals process, can it? If he says anything that might sound contradictory to the person that is listening to the appeal, then you have an issue. But why even risk that? Why even say anything? Don't talk. Move on. Work out. OTAs, training camp, get into the season, let your agent, let your lawyers take care of this with Goodell, get this suspension knocked down, if hopefully eliminated completely, and basically let your only answer to this whole thing be, I told you going into the Super Bowl how I like the footballs in that press conference that was chaos. One, and two, when I get into the Super Bowl with normal footballs that, that the league handled, that, that everyone else is calling normal, that the league handled, I, I want a Super Bowl, okay? And I was Super Bowl MVP. So that should answer all questions and silence all the critics. And if it doesn't, then I'm never going to win this PR battle. Nothing that's going to happen here moving forward is going to allow me to win this, to win over the people in the court of public opinion that think I'm a cheat. I, it is what it is. The league already ruined my reputation. There is nothing that I can stand here and say that will uh, change people's opinions. So I'm not going to say anything. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and I'm going to win another Super Bowl. I mean, honestly, that's Brady's answers. Those are Brady's answers. On-field performance. It's not about what you say, it's about what you do. If there's an organization that lives and dies by that, it's the New England Patriots, under Bill Belichick, under Tom Brady. And I think that's what they're going to do. And I think that's what they should do. Let the, let the people speak, let the analysts, you know, run their mouths. Because I tell you what, I think you know, long-term, big picture, and they know this too. Big picture, long-term. In 10 years from now, you know, when Tom Brady is... is Whenever, wait, give me a give me a day, give me a date in the future. When Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are bronzed in Canton in the NFL Hall of Fame, are there really going to be normal human beings that are going to look at Brady's career and say, "Well, he did that because he was using a football that wasn't regulation"? If you do, then these are people that need help. They need help, and that's it. And I think you just say, well, this, I, you know what? This person doesn't get it. You can allow him to not understand uh, that this is a non-issue, and you can move forward. But I think for the most part, I think there's going to be a lot of people that look back in the history books and say, we turned this into a much bigger deal than it ever should have been. And Tom Brady was great because he was great, not because... Um, deflated footballs were any, you know, you know, not because of Deflategate, right? So, there's your Deflategate latest. Tom Brady will not talk this weekend at his charity event. 
I told you he wouldn't, and I also agree with his decision. I told you he wouldn't answer questions. Now that we're hearing he won't talk at all, I agree with that decision. Don't talk at all. You want to talk? You want something to say? Figure this out with your lawyers, your agent, and the appeal, possible uh, uh, court system, and then go into next season and win. Go out and win. I, I, how many, what's the, do we know the over-under on Tom? See, we don't know. We probably don't know it yet because we don't know how many games he'll play. Um, but over-under on Tom Brady touchdown passes next year. I mean, talk about motivation. You want to talk about bulletin board material, right? Bulletin board material, the Patriots, Tom Brady, they got it all. You know, the defense has it too. Because they don't bring back Revis. They don't bring back Browner. Uh, they release Arrington. He goes to the Ravens. They release Dennett. It's like they said, Super Bowl defense? Nah. nah we, we, don't need, those, we don't need those guys. We didn't like the way that worked out. And now we've all knocked the, that strategy. And I've been one of them. And I think the current defensive players, they hear it. They got the bulletin board material too. They say, what, you're saying, you know, the guys that are still here, we didn't do anything to help win that Super Bowl last year? That was all them? That wasn't us? There's a lot, a lot of naysayers with this Patriots team next coming into this season. And I am extremely excited to see how they respond. Because I think, I think at least Tom Brady is going to respond like... You have never seen a professional athlete respond from criticism. Honestly, I, I, this, this could be, uh, we'll call it a magical offensive season for the New England Patriots. But we're a long ways away from that. We got baseball going. We got playoffs going. Uh, you know, death, taxes, and FIFA scandals. Oh, what else? We got the French Open. The French Open. I don't, I don't really do tennis. I don't watch the if there's if people are tweeting about a tennis match, you know that's going on for a while and it's you know people are really raving about it. Eh, and I'm on the couch and I happen to have the clicker in my hand. Well, maybe I'll change the channel and turn it on. But other than that, not much French Open watching uh, for me. I did watch the Red Sox last night. I will give my reaction to that uh, before I close things out. So stay tuned. Because right now, I kick it to my conversation with Kyle Draper from Comcast Sportsnet New England. We talked NBA playoffs. Uh, And again, stick around afterwards because uh, I'll give my take on what happened last night with this Red Sox team, what happened before the game, what should be happening now moving forward uh, as we try to figure out this Red Sox offense. Um, There are some issues here, and I'll discuss them right after this segment with Kyle Draper from Comcast Sportsnet New England. Again, stick around after this. All right, joining me now over the phone is Kyle Draper from Comcast Sportsnet New England. He is the host of Celtics pregame and postgame live. Obviously, the Celtics are no longer playing in the NBA playoffs, but we have one team that clinched an NBA finals berth last night, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, Drapes, you watch this Cavaliers team play uh, it, it, without Kevin Love. Did you expect them to win this series in the Eastern Conference Finals over the Hawks this easily? 
Well, definitely not this easily. I, I still had the Cavs winning, but I thought it would be difficult. I actually thought it would be hard to get past Chicago last round, and the Cavs were able to uh, beat the Bulls. I, I think it's just been a testament to the greatness of LeBron James, and I know people out here in New England, you know, dislike LeBron, but let's be honest, he's turned J.R. Smith, who's always had talent, into a key member of an NBA Finals team. Nobody thought that could happen. Guys like Matthew Delavidova and Iman Shumpert. I mean, LeBron has just been fantastic, and he's carrying the Cavs here back to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I mean, look, he even had Kyrie Irving missing some time. Irving returned last night for Game 4. The Cavaliers sweep the Hawks. They win Game 4 by 30 points. Uh, you know, nobody's really can question the Cavaliers at this point, and they're going to the NBA Finals. But let's just talk about last night's game for a minute. Going into Game 4, I mean, you look at this series and say, okay, it's over. There's no way Atlanta was going to have a shot to create some type of miracle, even given the fact that, uh, you know, Irving was returning and still was playing banged up. You had the situation with, uh, and even Al Horford. I mean, no suspension for him, but he didn't show up last night. 29 minutes. He might as well have been suspended. Two points, uh, two rebounds. Going into last night's game, you figured this was going to be a sweep, or did you? Or were you sort of maybe giving some some chance to Atlanta for a miracle to play out? No, oh, Danny, I thought this was going to be a sweep because you got to remember in Game Three, the Hawks gave the Cavs their best shot. I mean, Jeff Teague and those guys laid it all along the line in Game Three and still came up short. And some of the guys mentioned it uh, on the TNT broadcast. I think it was last night. Once you're down 0-3 in the series. And then you get down eight, nine, ten points in that fourth game. Doubt really starts to creep in, and reality really starts to set in. And so I think that was the Cavs' mission last night. Jump on them early, get a lead, and then these NBA players know, Danny. They know no team has ever come back from down 0-3. And so I just think that's what happened. I mean, the Cavs just broke the Hawks' spirit, their will last night by jumping on him early. Yeah, and it's obviously, you know, you need a miracle almost to come back to from being down 3-0. But, and it might seem like a stupid question, but the reason I ask is because it's leading into my next question, which is the game tonight, uh, game five between the Warriors and the Rockets, and the Rockets ended up winning game four of that series, right? So uh, with, with the Rockets winning game four of that series, do you look at that now and say, well, they got one, are you giving them a shot against Golden State? Or do, you, do you think the Western Conference Finals is over and Golden State is, is certainly going to win? Well, Golden State, obviously, you know, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NBA. And, and they play extremely well on their home floor. And so I think Golden State will win tonight. Now, if this game was in Houston and, and the Rockets had home court advantage, I'd definitely give the Rockets a shot. But I will say this. Houston has played Golden State tough two times out there in Oakland uh, in games one and two. So anything can happen. But I just can't see Steph Curry, those guys, really wanting to go back to Houston and letting the Rockets uh, get back in this series. They have the best home crowd, I think, in the league. That's a wild place to play out there in Oakland. And so I just think the Warriors wrap it up tonight. The Warriors, are, to me, are clearly the better team. I mean, even in game four, even when Houston was up big, Golden State made that run to make it a little bit interesting uh, in the last five or six minutes of the fourth quarter. I just think Golden State, this is their year, man. Steph Curry's the MVP. He can do it all. The problem for Houston is if James Harden doesn't go off and score 40 points, mm. 
they have no shot at winning. I mean, he's really their only legitimate offensive threat that they can count on night in and night out. And so I think it'll be tough for them to win tonight. I did not think Steph Curry was going to return in that in the last game after the spill that he took and the fall. And I know people look and say, well, he fell on his neck and his head. When I watched that over and over, I'm seeing the arm underneath sort of fall, land awkwardly on that arm. I thought that was going to be a major wrist, hand, maybe even shoulder injury. Um, and I was shocked that he returned. Are we looking at Steph Curry now and saying, you know, that's in the past, he's fine moving forward, or do you think there's still some concern about his health after that spill? I mean, he has to be sore, right? I mean, it's only been not even 48 hours yet, and so I think he has to be sore. But I think that's why he wants to wrap this series up tonight so he can get a week off before the NBA Finals. Uh, I was shocked as well that he came back, especially – with the fall, and let's be honest, when he hit the deck, he looked dazed and confused out there on the court. And so I thought, you're up 3-0, you're down big in Houston, why not rest him and, and try to bring him back for a game five? Obviously, he wanted to come back. The doctors cleared him, but it, to me, it really made no sense. You still wound up losing the game anyway. They going to wait a week if Golden State wraps this up tonight, which, by the way, I think they will. I'm in agreement with you. I think Golden State wraps it up. Uh, I think they win tonight, and I think they win it in five, and it'll be Golden State versus Cleveland in the NBA Finals. And I also think that's the finals matchup that the league uh, w- you know, wanted to see as well based on the final four that we had in the NBA playoffs. But, yeah, you're, you know, the NBA Finals is set to begin. The schedule's out, begin a week from tomorrow, next Thursday. If this wraps up tonight, Golden State Series, are we really going to wait a week for that? We have to, my friend. I know it's it's going to be tough to go a week without basketball, but what's the league supposed to do? I, mean, I don't think anybody predicted a sweep or even a five-games uh, series in either of these finals. And then when you talk about all the travel plans for international media and all the fans who uh, you know bought tickets and, and planned their schedules around the NBA finals, it's uh, and then you got to look at the arenas also. Aren't the arenas available? And so... I just think it, it makes sense to, uh, you know, start it when you said you were going to start it, June 4th. And, and I wish there was a better way, Danny, but, but how do you plan for a sweep and, and then a, a five-game series? I mean, it, that's just unfathomable that you would get to the conference finals and, and have it be so lopsided like this. Well, you know what it does, Drapes? It leaves us with a whole lot of time for the media to ask LeBron James or even maybe David Blatt or who knows, even maybe – and injured Kevin Love some questions, and you might get some crazy answers, too, that we could uh, really blow out of proportion in the next couple weeks. <laughs> of course, everything with LeBron James is blown out of proportion. Do it in fact. You know, it's, uh, it's ridiculous that the amount of uh, attention being paid to this guy. He's the best basketball player in the world. I will say this. If I'm a player, you know you're going to hear the same questions over and over for a week, first from the local media, then the national guys, then the international guys, and then the bloggers and all this. And so, I mean, as a player, it's like you probably want to get back out there on the court and start playing some games. I mean, a week of having to deal with the media and talk about a series. I mean, how many questions can we ask about defending Steph Curry or defending LeBron James? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's going to be – I'm going to try to tune it out, to be honest with you, Danny. You know I love the NBA but after the first couple of days of media availability, what new information are we really going to get? And so I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, rehashed subjects, LeBron James' legacy we'll talk about, 
is he greater than Jordan? I mean, to me, those arguments are so tired and old. I'm going to just tune out, relax, and gear up for what should be a great NBA final. Do you think there is anybody, anybody on that Cleveland Cavaliers team that is sort of uh, looking around the organization saying, man, I, I wish maybe Kevin Love didn't rush to surgery and, and maybe he could have waited this thing out a little bit and perhaps healed enough where he could be in the lineup. Do you think there's anyone thinking that as the Cavaliers now reach the NBA Finals? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it was it was a horrific injury. I mean, the guy got the shoulder pulled out of his socket. I mean, he, uh, he used to say that about a lot of teams. You know, uh, John Wall, he came back, you know, and the hand obviously wasn't 100%. I mean, you could say that Kyle Gasol, a lot of guys. And so, actually, to be honest with you, the Cavs started playing their best basketball this postseason without Kevin Love. You know? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be talking about Justin Thompson if Kevin Love was healthy. And so, I think, uh, you know, as as a Cleveland, you know, player, you got to feel like, hey, we're missing one of our big guns, but Tristan Thompson has more than made up for Kevin Love, and he's given to have some toughness, some physical play on the inside, some rebounding that they didn't have. Yeah, Tristan Thompson's been unbelievable. His rebound, I mean, we saw that uh, in the series with the Celtics. Um, But what does that say about Kevin Love, Drapes? Uh, Because, you know, throughout this whole season, I've looked at Love, and I'm not going to question his on-court talent. But I think his personality has come out to me where, and, and I'm putting the, put the injury aside for a second. I'm talking about other stuff. I'm talking about the way he's reacted publicly to certain things. Um, I've sort of changed my tune on Kevin Love to the point where I've said, all right, the Celtics team now in the offseason, if Kevin Love opts out, which I, th- I think he's going to, if he does, is this actually a guy that you think his mentality, his mindset, can he, can he succeed in a city like Boston? I don't want him, to be honest, Drapes. Do, do, have, what do you think of Love after this entire season? You're singing a completely different tune than this time I, a year ago. You were all, on, all in on Kevin Love a year ago. I, I, but I will say this, Danny, about Kevin Love. You're, you're right to an extent. I don't know if he's ready for the big time, if he's ready for the spotlight, if he's ready to be the man. I mean, he, he had a good season with Cleveland, but you're right. Uh, you know, some of the his antics, some of the way he's acting, his attitude – not fitting in with the guys. Uh, I don't know if he's ready to lead a franchise just yet to win. In Minnesota, it's easy to put up 25 and 12 when nobody's watching, you know? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do when you go up against the great teams, the San Antonios, those kind of teams? And so I don't know if Kevin Love's uh, ready for that yet. The easy thing, Drapes, for people to do and all that, you know, all the things that were said and the shots that might have been thrown in the regular season, whether it's on social media or to the media, it's easy to go after LeBron James, right? Uh, because that's what we do. I mean, we go after the best in, in any sport, in any walk of life. It's easy to go after LeBron in that battle. But to me, the more that went on, the more I sit back and say, well, wait a minute. Maybe there's, there's got to be a reason for this. And, and then when I hear sort of Kevin Love's reactions to things, I say, you know, there, there is a reason. Because Love can't handle anything. He's just, he seems sensitive to me. And that's why I've changed my tune completely on Love. I guess I just didn't pay enough attention to him, you know, behind the scenes or his personality in Minnesota. Now that we get to see it, because we cover LeBron every minute of his life and Love's a part of that, it's easy to criticize the top dog. But to me, there's got to be a reason why LeBron kept sort of throwing shots. 
at Kevin Love. Yeah, and, and, and Le- but that's the thing. LeBron has the resume, and, and I know people want to hate on him, but LeBron has the resume and has been around the league long enough with, to earn the respect to throw those shots. I mean, if LeBron says something, he's been in the trenches. He's led teams to the NBA Finals. Think about that, Danny. As good as Kevin Love is, he couldn't even lead the Timberwolves to the playoffs. LeBron James carried a weak Cleveland team back in 2007 to the NBA Finals. Think about that. And so LeBron, as many people want to criticize him, we know that. But LeBron raises his game come playoff time. I mean, his uh, points per game average in the postseason, I think, is only second to Michael Jordan. And so let's not uh, diss LeBron James. But you're right about Kevin Love. But we're finding out a lot about him. But with that being said, I think Cleveland wants him back. You know, I think they would have a better shot with a healthy Kevin Love. Uh, in the lineup to, to face the Golden State Warriors. I mean, uh, the Warriors, to me, are clearly the better team right now, and, and I think it'll take a Herculean effort from LeBron, and you need Tyree to be healthy to even have a shot in this series. If you add Kevin Love, then you add another mix to it. Uh, and the thing about uh, Cleveland right now when they face Golden State, if you have Kevin Love, you can go small with Kevin Love at the four and Tristan Thompson at the five. Now you don't have that luxury as much. You got to throw LeBron at the four and Thompson at the five. And so I would have liked to see Kevin Love out there at the five, Tristan Thompson. I mean, Kevin Love at the four, Tristan Thompson at the five, and LeBron at the three. Then you can match up with Golden State when they go small as well. All right, I won't get your prediction because we we don't know exactly for sure officially what the NBA Finals will be because the Warriors-Rockets play tonight, but we both think that it's going to be Warriors-Cavs. I'll wait to get your prediction because, as you mentioned, the schedule gives us a whole week uh, to talk about it. Uh, so just a couple quick hitters before I let you go, Drapes. Uh, Paul Pierce, the news the other day was, and he had a tremendous playoffs with the, with the uh, Wizards, and in fact, if that shot that he hit counted... It might have been the best shot he's ever hit, but is he really going to opt out to go to the Clippers, or is he going to opt out to think about something else? Is he even going to opt out? What do you think Paul Pierce is going to do? Well, that's a good question. I think Washington is a good place for him. That's a good fit. I mean, he fit in seamlessly with that team. With that being said, he could be the missing piece for the Clippers. He could go out there, reunite with Doc Rivers, and slot right into that starting small forward spot. I think they needed a little more offensive uh, consistency from from some of their wing players. I mean, you look at Pat Barnes, he's inconsistent. Jamal Crawford, he's inconsistent as well. And so I think they needed somebody in the clutch who could hit big shots, and I think Pierce would do that. You know, a lot of fans say, Pierce, opt out and come back to Boston. I don't think that's happening, Danny. It, It just doesn't make sense to me unless Pierce doesn't, isn't interested in winning the title. The Celtics are too far away right now from winning the title. So I, I think the Clippers thing is a reality. You don't think he's? You don't think the Lakers would be a reality? I mean, Kobe, it's his last year with the Lakers, or his last year at all? What are we thinking with Kobe's situation? And you don't think Pierce would go to the Lakers, right? Nah, I don't think okay. so. I mean, like I said before, the same thing with the Celtics. It, it's, they're too far back in the rebuilding process. They have too long of a road to go. And so I, I, don't, I think Pierce, once you get to his level and his age, you know, getting for your 18th season, I think it is, you're all about winning championships. And so you go to the team that, that best gives you that opportunity. I think the Clippers uh, would probably be best for uh, Paul Pierce right now. All right, and one last one. 
Draves, when when do we realistically start talking about uh, a Kevin Durant trade? <laughs> hey, I, I say come trade deadline. You know, if you don't, uh, if Kevin Durant's not giving the, the Oklahoma City Thunder any assurances that he'll definitely re-sign, you, you have to explore it if you're OKC. The problem with that is, Danny, even if you do decide to trade Kevin Durant, you can't get equal value. Even if you get 20 draft picks, that to me, that's still not equal value for Kevin Durant. Although OKC has shown a greatness for uh, drafting players, they've shown to be very good at drafting players. But you, you hate to just trade, you know, arguably the number two player in the league. But if he's going to walk away, you start thinking about it, Danny. Did you watch the Kevin Durant uh, documentary? Uh, this past off season, they they tracked him down. You know where he dropped out of Team USA, and he's trying to convince Paul Gasol to to come to the Thunder. Did did you did you get to see that documentary? I think it was on HBO or Showtime. Yeah, I, I did not get to see it. I heard about it though, but I did not get to see. I it. I recommend it. I really do recommend it. And you know what? I didn't even know they did this. And I sat down, I watched it, and I didn't plan on watching it, and I couldn't stop watching it. And they go into the whole Kevin Durant is he's trying to convince Paul Gasol to come to Oklahoma City. And Kevin Durant's talking. They show him talking to people about what Gasol's thinking. And, and, and he says to himself, yeah, well, you know what? He wants to, he wants to go to a, a city that has some things to do. And, and Kevin Durant sort of, it comes off like he understands that. Like he, he knowingly understands. He says, yeah, you know, almost as if he says, I don't know why he would come to Oklahoma City if he wants, you know, the the nightlife or he wants to do something else. And it's interesting to to hear a player say that who currently plays in that town. And maybe that plays into what Kevin Durant is going to do moving forward. But I I will say this, Drapes. I recommend watching that Kevin Durant documentary to try and get into his mindset. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out because that's going to be the big uh, story going into the NBA season and the trade. What's Durant going to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and locally we'll be talking about what the Celtics will do, but we got plenty of time to do that, and we'll get you on again uh, to break down the Celtics before the draft and then some of the offseason moves. All right, Trapes, thanks a lot. Great stuff as always, and we'll get you on again uh, to officially preview the NBA Finals when we know officially it will be Golden State and Cleveland. All right, thank thank you. All right, nice job right there by Kyle Draper, Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, Look, we could have a full week here before the NBA Finals begin, and if it is Golden State, I'm pretty sure Golden State, they would be hosting Game 1 with their 67 wins uh, in the regular season, Cleveland with 53 wins in the regular season. But, uh, again, you can't just look at Golden State's, uh, their arena's schedule if you wanted to move it up. I think they should move the NBA Finals up to Tuesday. Right now, game one is scheduled for next Thursday, a week from tomorrow. But I I think they should consider Tuesday if Golden State wins tonight, and we know it's Cleveland-Golden State. Because, again, you have a week here. This, you know, you get a lot of talking. You get a couple stupid comments. Both sides would probably want to start sooner, wouldn't they? I know maybe you could look at some injuries, and the guy you could say, well, they get more rest. Eh. I think if you ask LeBron, he'd say, why don't we get this going soon? I think I think he would. Now, wait a week? Nah. Cleveland, they look like, you know, they're rolling right now. So I don't know that they want a week. I, I, I think the, the NBA should consider moving it up to Tuesday. Obviously, you do not know what's happening in those arenas, respective arenas, and the schedules moving forward. 
Um, but let's face it, if you, you know, on Tuesday, then maybe you could try to keep the same schedule after that. Uh, but we'll certainly wait and see. We don't definitely know for sure that it's going to be Golden State. But I would put my money on Golden State winning tonight. Last night, I'll close it out with this. The Red Sox lost. Clay Buckholtz let up uh, a couple doubles, RBI doubles in that first inning. And the Minnesota Twins, after a rain delay, uh, they scored a couple runs. Then Buckholtz settled down and was very good. But Mike Pelfrey on the other end was better. And the Twins beat the Red Sox last night by a score of 2-1. to one. Going into the game, the news was that David Ortiz dropped down to fifth in the batting order. He went one for four with a run scored. He's hitting 222 on the season. So here was the order last night. Pedroia, Betts, Sandoval, Hanley Ramirez, David Ortiz, Mike Napoli, Bogats, Castillo, Sandy Leon. Rusne Castillo made a couple fantastic grabs, diving grabs in the outfield last night uh, in right field. But again, really the story outside of not getting any offense, you know, they changed some things up in the offense in the lineup so that maybe you would see some things happening. David Ortiz dropped to fifth. Look, we're going to make that to be something, you know, David Ortiz, oh, he won't be happy with that. Well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't think he's happy with it. But at the same time, well, start hitting. You know, start hitting. And I have no problem with moving Sandoval to hitting third. If you want, because I do, because I think it says more about Sandoval here, hitting third. Now, as long as Sandoval continues to hit lefty, right? Now, he's had some appearances here where Pablo Sandoval has hit lefty against lefties. He's a switch hitter. At least on paper, that's what it says. If you watch Sandoval actually hit righty, you know that he's not a switch hitter. He's a lefty. (laughs) And when he's hitting righty, he's a left-handed hitter holding a bat in the right-handed's batting box. I would prefer him to hit lefty against lefties. And if he's going to continue to hit lefty, they can say all they want that it's doing pot. That's doing pot to the knee injury. Bullshit. Uh, that's called not wanting to admit publicly that he can't hit righty. Not wanting to throw any embarrassment out there. But we already know when we watch, I feel embarrassed for the guy. So just keep hitting lefty. If he keeps hitting lefty, I have no problem with Pablo Sandoval hitting third in this lineup. He's had some big hits for this team this season. Hitting 265, uh, just returning from an injury. But he's had big hits. I'm okay with him hitting earlier in the lineup if he's going to hit third. And if he's going to stay lefty, you do not want your three, four hitters going lefty, lefty. That's just not something you do. So you can't go Sandoval or Ortiz. I think this is more about getting Sandoval up in the uh, higher in the order. And then you can't go Ortiz after him. So you throw Hanley Ramirez in there. And you keep Ramirez in that cleanup spot, right? Um, and then which moves Ortiz to fifth and Napoli to sixth. And Napoli, who went one for three last night, he's hitting 214, but he has been ripping the ball lately. I'm okay with this move. I think the question I begin to have with it all is, you know, what are you going to get from your one-two guys, Pedroia Betts? Pedroia's been leading off. You know, is is that something you want to stay with? Um, I don't know. You know, it, it, can Rusne Castillo ever give you anything 
offensively to the point where you consider maybe moving him up in the lineup to be maybe the leadoff guy and putting Pedroia back hitting second. I think I like Pedroia hitting second more than I like him hitting leadoff. But then who's your leadoff guy? Is it Betts? And then you get into the conversation of, is Betts potentially get moved here in the next couple months, in the next month and a half, for a starting pitcher, a dominant starting pitcher? Um, I, I, have, I haven't ruled that out yet. I haven't told you that Betts is untouchable. But um, the Red Sox are trying to figure some things out offensively. They're pitching, certainly. Buckholtz has been pitching very well. That doesn't mean I wouldn't listen to a trade for him. I absolutely would. Because I still think there's some inconsistencies with some things that he does out there that I'm concerned about still. And and I do think this Red Sox rotation needs a guy to go out every fifth night and have the guys behind him know, know, and feel confident that he's going to dominate. Or that it's more likely than not that he dominates. I don't know that there's anyone in this rotation that they feel that way about. Uh, Buckholtz has been very good, though, in his last, what, three, four starts? And he was good last night. Pelfrey was better. Red Sox offense couldn't get it going. Um, uh, they did score that run, Napoli, uh, with the RBI in the second inning. But other than that, they could not get anything going offensively. That's their problem. When they get the pitching, they can't get the offense this year. When they get the offense this year, they can't get the pitching. They need it all to sort of come together at the same time. I do think that can happen. You're in a division where nobody's really running away with it. So... You got to keep in mind that if they can somehow play some five, continue to play 500 ball, stay in the divisional race in a wild card race, it makes a trade for that pitcher, I think, more likely, and it should happen. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the Red Sox. But last night, you know, the the issue that people are talking about in the lineup um, with David Ortiz, I'm sure he's not happy about it, but you know what? Tough shit. And at the same time, as much as we sort of put the spotlight on on Ortiz dropping down to the lineup, I, he also might have to understand that they're trying to get Sandoval, I think, higher in the lineup. And if he's going to remain as a left-handed hitter, you're not going to go lefty-lefty in your 3-4 spot. Just not going to happen. Just not going to happen. So you go lefty-righty, lefty-righty. And that's where you go Sandoval, Ramirez, Ortiz, Napoli. The question, I think, would be, how do you handle 1-2, Pedroia Betts? Right? What are you doing there? Um, so, keep an eye on what this lineup looks like moving forward. And uh, we will certainly keep an eye on what the Red Sox do as well. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Stitcher. Listen on TuneIn. You know, really, any way that you can get a podcast, that's where you can get this show tomorrow is a violent gentleman thursday so again tune in five days a week follow me on twitter at danny picard like me on facebook any deflategate news tonight we'll break it down tomorrow as well because you know there's deflategate news but you want to make picks tonight golden state they're 10 and a half point favorites they win rockets they make it close they make it again take the points Take Houston plus 10 and a half. And then I would take the Blackhawks to do a similar thing that the Rangers did last night. Blackhawks win by at least three tonight and force a game seven with the Anaheim Ducks. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.